0: ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the booth podcast this is the nfl show today there is only two of us carve is out uh today so it is me and it is mr davy o'doyle who is going to the super bowl how do you feel right now Yeah, dude, I mean, you know what I'm, you know
1: what I'm most upset about? Like, and I mean, I don't know why I was upset about it, because I totally get it, but the absolute amount of, like, hey, man, there some people behind the Bengals. There was, but there was so much smack talk on, like, all the talk shows and on Twitter and stuff, like, hey, man, good run for the Bengals, crazy kids, but they have no shot at Arrowhead. And I'm sitting there I was like, why? How come? And then to see, like, all the panels and everybody's, like, eight to two Chiefs over Bengals. And then to see them just fucking put it off,
0: put it to them. If you want a reason why the booth is better than all those other shitty podcasts and shitty analysts, it's because we were three to one in favor of the Bengals winning that game and going to the Super Bowl. We know what's up. We can recognize talent and see it. We're not just chiefs blind like everyone else. Just saying. Let's go. Dave's hype. I'm hype. This is going to be a hype episode. So we'll start it off with recapping the AFC and NFC championships, kicking off with the AFC championship. What a game it was. That we probably saw the best playoff game in a long time last week uh, with the divisional round between the Chiefs and the Bills. And this is, may have been the second best we've seen in a long time between the Chiefs and the Bengals, with the Bengals coming out on top 27-24 in overtime. Wow. What now, a this thriller. Whole, this whole run of playoff games, though, so right
1: from that, I mean, the wild card had some stinky ones, but from the divisional game on, all of the games, all six games have come, come down to, like, the last possession, one-score games, right? This has been
0: nuts. Like what a bonkers postseason! It's, it's been incredible. Cause there was so much talk during the wildcard round of does this extended format work? Cause we're seeing, we saw 50% blowouts in the first mm-hmm. round and that maybe does bring questions up about the extended playoff por- format and a third wildcard team in each division or each, each conference. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once we got beyond having a couple of those weaker teams in the playoffs, we saw the best of the best and it was amazing.
1: I mean, and that's, that's the beauty of the playoffs, right? Especially, especially like I, I've been a long time kind of against the, I understand you get truly the best teams. If you do best to five, best to seven, but that's kind of the beauty of the NFL, right? And football yeah. in general, that single knockout is you have to be as good as you can be one day a year. And there's like the potential for the lower seed to actually win. Right. Whereas you might not get that if you play seven
0: games. Right. Exactly. But going back to the game, this was just, this was a storyline for the Bengals. They go down. What was the score going into the half into halftime?
1: So, okay, so um, before, before, like, the Bengals scored right before half kind of deal, for the yeah. most part, it was 21-3, to three, right? Yeah. And then the Bengals hit that, that screen pass to J P Piran, took it 41 yards to the house, and then they got that stop right before halftime. So it was 21-10, to 10, an 11-point deficit, which was the same deficit the Bengals had when they played the Chiefs in Week 17. The Bengals were down by 11 points in that game as well.
0: Yeah, just insane that those games matched up so closely. I think one of the biggest plays in this game had to be the stop that the Bengals' defense got right before the half. and That play confused me from the Chiefs. Um, Yeah, did you hear what... Andy Reid said like
1: Mahomes basically like wanted that, but he said Mahomes wanted to go for it and they were on agreeance. Yeah. And he called a play that he knew that like Mahomes liked. Right. Yeah. So like maybe, well, yeah, like I said, I don't think that was the most inspired play call. Like the ball didn't even get to the end zone. Right. Just a little dump off to him.
0: Honestly, if you throw that ball in the end zone, it's probably going to go it like if nobody catches it, it's going incomplete with a second on the clock and you can kick a field goal. Right. And that's the idea. Right. But you threw it out of the end zone. Eli Apple makes a great play and that's the half. Now you didn't score.
1: And he's, and if you uh, listen to like the Bengals, all their press after they said that stuff specifically kind of gave them the energy, right? That was the turning point for them. Like, okay, now we have a chance. Like we can stop them. We will stop them. Here it goes. Right. Yeah.
0: They come out of the locker room for the second half and it's a different game. This is just You felt it from that first series. I believe it was a three and out that that defense got, and it just felt
1: different. Yeah, because that's the thing, right? It's that. And then we'll we'll go into the Bengals' offense a bit more because there's some stuff to talk about, but my stud is the Bengals' defense. After you give up 21, you're honestly, whether it's on the ground for McKissick or whatever, whether it's Patrick Mahomes finding – Breaking out of the pocket, finding Tyreek, breaking out of the pocket, finding Travis Kelsey for those touchdowns, giving up that little flip touchdown to Hardman. They were getting beat. They were getting worked. Yep. And it was looking like what all the haters wanted it to be, right? The Chiefs are too good. And then, like I said, that stop happened right out right out of halftime. The Bengals come out, put the clamps on them three and out, get the ball back, put up some points, get an interception. Yeah. BJ Hill gets in, oh. bats the ball in the air, grabs it takes the ball away the funny part about that too is I don't know what Mahomes was going to look at because if BJ Hill wasn't there Trey Hendrickson dropped it right into coverage right in front of the running back too and he still was throwing that ball so BJ Hill gets it back anyways then the Bengals take that drive where Burrow avoids the sack to find rushes out to his right hits Jamar Chase that leads us to the Jamar Chase fade touchdown to tie the game 21-21 and then, once again, man, our defense just takes over again. We get another stop on him. That leads again to the crazy two. That that was the drive that on third down, Joe Burrow did both of those scrambles. The one where he just found a lane and scrambled up for the, yeah. for the first down. And then that crazy one people probably saw where Chris Jones has him. He breaks out of it. Chris Jones is on his high horse. Burrow high steps so he doesn't get it. Reaches out first down, right?
0: Joe Burrow is... You want to talk about a guy who just translated his game from college to the NFL. So well, you always see guys struggle with that. A guy come in and can't get it done. He worked so well in his college system and the NFL is so much different. That's where you see a little bit of a difference from where you talk about the PAC 12 and the big 12 versus the sec. The sec is becoming more and more like the NFL. And I know diehard college football fans will probably want to burn down my house for saying that statement, but it's true. It's becoming a lot like the NFL. They're getting pro style offenses and it's making for good NFL players. I think the thing that you need to remember about that too is,
1: especially he said it himself, if you consume so much Bengals content, like I have this season on this, beautiful run it's been is burrow before the bye week burrow said like hey he didn't really trust his knee quite as as, as the same right because i mean he only had eight months between his injury and the start of the season right to get his completely restructured mcl acl knee back to strength right and he did it and but he was not the same in the first half of the season and then in the second half of the season he said he could feel his knee getting back to the way it was and he could do the things like he did in that game where his pocket presence is on, on display, right? Like I've always said, if Joe Burrow in the next Madden game gets an X factor, it's either going to be accuracy or it's going to be pocket presence. Cause the guy's unbelievable. The way that he can get escape pressure, he can just feel and sense it. Right. And that play was perfect display. And every time in this game, he was rushed. He was pressured on 40% of his snaps, oh. And he was
0: sacked once, right? That's, that's the, the beauty of Joe Burrow. I think there's no question if you have to look at a weak spot for this Bengals team, it's that offensive line right now. Absolutely, They're not playing well, but this team is winning in spite of that. Right. And it's, it's really a feat they're overcoming by doing that. And it's really impressive. It's, it's that weird thing, right? You, you don't think you can make it
1: that far. with an offensive line, but if you have the best team defense, people w- wouldn't have fought it, but you're seeing it now, maybe one of the best team defenses in the whole league have an elite quarterback you have elite weapons at receiver back really good tight end like I said it's literally everything is clicking the kicking game special teams is great everything except for that o-line is great yeah and it sucks because the left side of our offensive line is good like jonah williams and quinton spain are good yeah our center is decent and then our our right our right guards are awful and our right tackle is mad right that's how it is but so i mean anyways joe burrow though getting those first downs, running off the clock, we kick our field goal, we're ahead. And then even, even the last drive of the game, the Bengals keep studying it up, the Bengals' defense. Mahomes and the Chiefs, they go on a six-minute drive, almost seven-minute drive, to try to ice this game and put it away. And you see the pass rushers, Hendrickson, BJ Hill, DJ Reader, Sam Hubbard, these guys are relentless. We're at, And the second half... What we changed basically is we dropped eight into coverage. We had a three-man rush. We had Logan Wilson in our linebacking core exclusively following the crossers and passing them off. And then we had literally man, man, double teams on, on their receivers. That's how we beat them at the end. And then you see Mahomes just playing his luck like he did. And there was that big play on third down that almost lost them the game where, He's continues to run around, do his dipsy doodle twirls to try to get away from stuff. And we at that point we drop Sam Hubbard into pressure. And you just saw him run straight up the big gaps between those three guys, right? He he like corrals Mahomes in, forces that fumble, almost lost them in the game, pushed the back into third and I think 17, so a 44 yarder, and then forced Butker to tie
0: it, right? Yeah, I I think you've said it well that this defense, it really got in Mahomes' head in that second half. And for that reason, Mahomes is my dud this week. Um, That second half specifically from him looked bad. It was was bad. We saw a couple times, especially on that last drive, where he does that run around, dipsy doodle shit where he's waiting for Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey to get open and – almost always versus versus any mediocre or even good defense they will eventually because he can do that shit but you guys shut those guys down even while he was doing that stuff and then he takes a 15 or 20 maybe even 30 yard sack
1: right and i think that's the thing is he's used to this he's he's the golden boy he's he's a god on the field right but i mean and like you said a lot of those where he had, and that was, I guess this is a testament to how good our coverage was on the back end with those eight guys, because he had eight, nine seconds and it was just literally the Bengals defensive line just being relentless and Mahomes putting himself into bad situations to get these sacks. Hubbard had a couple, Hendrickson had a one and a half, I think B.J. Hill had a half sack, right? Like a lot of this was his doing.
0: Yeah. Um
1: And then if we're going to continue after that, here... Butker hits that 44-yarder, goes to yeah. overtime. And you know, after that Bill's controversy, all the discourse about overtime, what's the rules, what should it be, they go out for the coin toss, and I'm going to admit my heart dropped too. We go, our backup quarterback, Brandon Allen's out there, calls tails, it's heads, Chiefs ball. You could hear the Arrowhead crowd thought it was done. They thought it was absolutely won. The, the, the cheers, the eruption, everybody. And then to continue your point about Mahomes being a dud, he threw three passes in overtime Yep, and all three of them could have been picked off. One of them was the first one was a pass. It was well behind his receiver. If Awuzie would have turned around, which he was playing trail coverage, there's no way he would have known that. He could have picked it off the second throw. I don't know if it was an option route of some sort, but him and his receiver were completely off. Eli Apple jumps on it. Luckily for him drops it. Cause uh, Eli Apple is the Bengals notorious shit talker. He would have hurt that one for a long time. <laughs> and then the third play he goes and he's, Hey, Tyreek had a great first half been irrelevant in the second half. I need to throw one. So he throws one up. And of course our elite center fielder, Jesse Bates comes over, hits the ball out of his hands. Our other safety, Von Bell, just streaking, just under grabs it. Interception Bengals ball. Joe Mixon gets, or a couple passes to T. Higgins, a couple big passes, big catches there. Joe Mixon ices it for us. Evan McPherson, 31 yards. Boom. Bangles to the Super Bowl, baby.
0: And for that reason, my stud goes to Evan McPherson. This is why you draft a kicker. This man has been lights out for the entire playoff run. No. Other kicker in NFL history has done what he has done in the postseason. He's 12 for 12 in the playoffs. He went, yeah, it's insane. At least three of those, if not more,
1: were 50 plus yarders, too.
0: Yeah. And two, two game, game winners. winners. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I think he already almost has playoff records, right? Like, there's Believe- other records. And they're like held by like, I can't even remember who it is, an elite kicker. And he's just like, no, I'm going to scoop those records for me, right? Just an absolute, in all year he's been doing this. Mm -hmm. He had like one bad game this year and it was the really weird, him and Mason Crosby with the wind all weird in Cincinnati in like week five or six. But besides that, the guy's been money
0: all year. Yeah, uh, he's passed. Steven Goskowski. Yeah for most field goals among rookies in postseason NFL history. I guess while we're going to mention that as well, Jamar Chase now
1: passed Isaac Bruce in 1999 for the most receiving yards by a rookie in the playoffs too.
0: Yeah, and Joe Burrow has surpassed Ken Anderson for most pass yards in a single postseason in Bengals history. Yeah, I mean, like I said, this guy, <laughs> I see
1: like lots of those stats when they're like either fans of the team or against teams, right, where they're like, wow, this postseason Joe Burrow already has more playoff wins than Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott. And like, just like really just giving it to him, right? Letting you know what kind of run this is, right? Like I said, there was an NFL mic'd up. I watched just before I got on here. And of course they mic'd up a a lot of the key Bengals players, right? And you can even see how amazed some of these guys are. Like Jamar Chase in tears being like, bro, I can't believe this year one. And this is year one. The Bengals have the fourth most cap space in the NFL. After this, right? This line will get fixed. Any weaknesses will be added in the
0: draft and in free agency. Be afraid. This is going to be. I hope you guys are the next dynasty. I really hope you are. <laughs> so, with that kick from McPherson, the Bengals win it and they are headed to the Super Bowl. Just. I don't think going into this season, other than the Vikings, there was a team I wanted to see in the Super Bowl more than this Bengals team. And I think a lot of people are also we're seeing that around the league is people are just happy to have a team like the Bengals in the Super Bowl. It's something new. It's something interesting, and it's really fun to see.
1: Yeah, that's the thing, right? It's like besides me just being an absolute fanatic and getting this being my team, regardless you have a young confident quarterback a, a rookie receiving record freak jamar chase a cocky ass kicker who knows he can make all the kicks a solid team defense right just a young a young hungry team doesn't know doesn't know the meaning of no doesn't know failure a veteran riddled defense who has the experience to keep up in these big games a team that went from worst to first in their division Picked fifth last year in the draft, and now they're going to the Super Bowl, right? This is something completely fresh, completely new, and you see all these memes about Joe Burrow, right? Like sooner or later, this guy's gonna be the king of the NFL, right? Yeah. That's just how it's going, right? But
0: <laughs> Tom Brady said, retires, and the torch has been passed. We'll get to the Tom Brady stuff in a little yeah, bit we'll here, there. but yeah, it's crazy, man. It's, it's unbelievable that all this stuff happened to my team, right? Yeah, I I can't. I, I, I want this to happen for you. I want it so bad, but it's going to be really lonely if you win the Super Bowl. And I'm I'm sitting here as the only one in, in kind of this booth room that doesn't have one. So, you know, well, is but, it you're working on it. You're working on it. I'm wor- we're working on it. And we'll get into that some more in a bit here, too. Yep. Uh, we will move on to the other game, the NFC Championship. And shit, this was a good one, too. This was another one-score game that was really down to the wire. This game for a long time looked like it was the 49ers game. Yeah, it really did, honestly. You see,
1: I mean, that first half was just basically a push until that Cooper Cup touchdown near the end, right before half. But then you saw in the second half, the defense of the 49ers, that pass rush, and you saw Debo Samuel, especially in that run game, Absolutely. Just took it over. Right. At one point it was 17, seven, like yeah, 49ers looked like they had this one wrapped up and you thought, "Wow, Kyle Shanahan does really just have McVay's number, no matter how you slice it. Right. And yeah. then, like I said, as you would expect with the veterans on that roster for the, for the Rams, though, with all the guys, they added all the guys, they brought in all the experience they have. It finally started to turn.
0: Yeah, it was, it was 17 to seven. Going in to the fourth quarter, all it really looked like what needed to happen was a clean game, a clean fourth quarter from the 49ers, and here come the Rams with a 13-point fourth quarter to seal this thing up and send them to the Super Bowl at home. At home.
1: I mean, I guess I'm going to mention – I, I had to pick for my dud. I had to pick Jimmy Garoppolo. I know maybe it wasn't his worst game. Maybe it's not all his fault, but that interception at the end was absolutely gross. Letting himself be in that situation to start with near the end, pretty gross. And just the fact that that team is so good. We've seen all they've done with coaching and that run game and that stellar defense, him just to still be the weak point. You know what I mean? That was his last game in a 49ers uniform. And, It's admirable that he got helped get them there, but they kind of won in spite of him. So I'm still going to duck the guy.
0: Yeah. he, I believe he will be a starter in this league next year. He will be. Yeah, he will be. He will be a starter and it will end up being a bottom tier team because he's the starter. And it's not going to have the pieces around. If he doesn't have the pieces around him, like the San Francisco team has given him, it's going to be rough. Absolutely,
1: um, but but hey, like I mean, the Rams though at home, at home for Super Bowl week. It's funny though that uh, they don't get to be the home team, right? No, nope, they the, don't. Because technically, the Chargers are like the host team, right? Yeah. So and every so the Bengals year, are the AFC representative, the home team in yeah. SoFi.
0: Every year it alternates whether the NFC or the AFC team is the home team. So last year it was the NFC in Tampa played the Super Bowl at home as the home team. And this year it's the Bengals as the home team at SoFi playing the Rams. Um, yes. So we will see, I think it came out today that the, the Bengals will wear their black uniforms, yeah. white pants. So we will see the away uniforms from the Rams in their home yeah. stadium. It's, yeah.
1: It's the whites and the yellow pants I saw. Yeah. Yeah. Do they get to, that's what I wonder, do the Rams get to be in their locker room? because so the Bengals be in the chargers locker room
0: i think that's how it'll work i think yeah. no matter what with the in sofi they were going to use both the yeah home team locker rooms because you don't right. have to put a super bowl team in an away locker room now right. when you have to two two state-of-the-art home yeah. team locker rooms
1: yeah so so that's i mean that's another nice thing for the rams anyways it just happened that they get to use their locker room instead of yeah having to move all their stuff to the Chargers room and let
0: the Bengals use theirs. I would love technology. if they just gave the Bengals the choice of <laughs> locker room and the Bengals made the Rams move to the Chargers locker room. <laughs> yeah. It'd um, be wild. Eh? It would be, this is going to be an interesting one. We're not going to get into it too much right now because we still have a full week and we're going to have our, our Super Bowl special episode coming out next week. Yeah. Um, but just a quick preview, what are your initial thoughts on this Super Bowl matchup? Um,
1: I mean, it seems like it's I like I like the Bengals in a lot of the aspects of this game, and we can get into them why later on. But for being all the teams that we've played this year with the past rushes that they have, it kind of seems fitting that we finally get to the big boss, right? Aaron Donald is is the final boss for the Bengals. If we can avoid Aaron Donald, we win, right? That's yep. how it kind of comes down.
0: Um, when I look at this game, when I looked at the entire bracket going in to the playoffs, if I had to pick one team from each side that I would say, I want those two teams in the Super Bowl, I would have picked the Bengals and I would have picked the Rams. This was my dream Super Bowl matchup going into these playoffs, and I think it was for a lot of people too. Right. I think a lot of people expected it to be the Chiefs, and a lot of people expected it to be the Packers. Right. But this is something different. This is yeah. not that this we is, see the Packers a lot in the Super Bowl. I just want to throw that shot in there, but, uh, <laughs> but it, I mean, it is it's something a, different. It's a new head
1: coach will win a Super Bowl, and a quarterback will win the Super Bowl for the first time said so those a lot of those ram players have experience if they were on the team 3 years ago that made it there but like i said not a lot of guys have a super bowl ring no and it's it's something fresh something new and it will be exciting man it really will be
0: yeah i don't know if it's if it's just the 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 rebrand of the brand of the rams or or just maybe a little bit of that player turnover and especially the quarterback turnover. But this feels like such a different team than the last time they were in the Super Bowl. It, it truly
1: is when you look at it, right? We'll yeah. get into all that later, but OBJ, Cooper Cup emerges, Cam Akers, Vaughn Miller, Jalen Ramsey, right? Like a lot of these guys weren't even there.
0: No. Um, it'll be, it's really interesting to look at the turnover they've had and how successful it has been. And I mean, just looking at how they, gone all in by having zero draft stock for the next two years but they're in the super bowl going all in works we've seen it in other sports before but we will push the super bowl to the side for now as hard as that is to do because we want to talk about it and talk about it and talk about it because it's the super bowl but we are in the off season for most teams in the NFL and the off season means news and coaches and all that good stuff starting off with the biggest news of the week tom brady has retired from the NFL after 22 seasons with the new england patriots and the tampa bay buccaneers
1: what <laughs> I said, you see the things all the time. Like this guy's the greatest sports team athlete in the world. This guy's the greatest football player ever. This guy had three hall of fame careers, but all of it's true. You can't understate any of it. Every single bit of it is true. He's the greatest guy to ever lace up a pair of cleats, put on the helmet and play football, the most important position. And he's been, you can, he might, might've been the best since like 2008 and he just continued just to get better and play better. And Initially I was a little upset that he retired and like his last game was a divisional round loss. Like that doesn't seem befitting of Tom Brady. No. But then I really thought about it and you, 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 people have probably seen that graphic going around of like, Oh, it's the end of a generation and had a bunch of the quarterbacks too. Peyton Manning's last year was brutal. Yeah. Big Ben's last year here. Brutal Philip Rivers last year. Brutal drew Brees last year. Brutal Tom Brady's last year led the league in passing.
0: He's very likely to win
1: an MVP. Right. And I mean, that's just, that is why, you know what? I'm okay with it. It seems more fitting that Tom could go out on a silver horse, knowing that he was still one of the very best to do it at 44 years old.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's the end of an era. It really is. We, you said all those names and those are all the names that, our generation grew up watching as quarterbacks in this league. And it, it feels weird to not see them in this league anymore, but you look at the talent we do have and there's nothing but promise going forward. So we've got those guys, our, our Joe Burrows and our Patrick Mahomes and our Josh Allens and our Lamar Jackson's They're They're going to be the names that the next generation remember as the Tom Brady's and the Peyton Manning's. So it'll be interesting to see how they shape up in comparative, but right, I don't can know. Can I ask if... you one question? Yeah.
1: What, if you had to pick one Tom Brady moment, I don't care if it's a game, if it's a quote, if it's whatever, what's the one moment that you think is Tom Brady?
0: Oh, if I had to pick the one. I I think when I think of Tom Brady, I always think of how, it, all, it has to do with Bill Belichick too, but it's always how dead set they are during the season and how just looking forward at football they are during the season. And then the clock hits zero in the Super Bowl and they've won. And it's like they're humans again. Right. It's like they just have this overwhelming emotion. They can be humans. They've done it. They've climbed the peak. They've made it to the Super Bowl. And it never seemed to be anything less for them even once you got to six and seven it was never less for them it was always the Super Bowl and I think that was really what the Tom Brady the best thing about Tom Brady was for me
1: right when I think about it I think of three things one of them is just the first one that I'm going to mention just because it capped off such a different like it, it was kind of a different side of Tom after it capped off that he is it bill or is it tom he goes to the buccaneers wins a super bowl to see him absolutely hammered like a skunk drunk as a skunk on that boat right throwing the lombardi trophy across the next boat that one is funny that one's like a top three but i think the two that really um capture it for me are a the 28 to 3 comeback against the falcons because that was just tom brady the guy is an ultra competitor The, the guy will not lose does not lose and he didn't lose in that game, right? And all rights they were done and he brought them back that's one and then the one that really stands out for me I think is very similar to what you said is when the clock strikes zero and you know they won is when they played the Seahawks after that Malcolm Butler interception you show Tom Brady on the sidelines jumping up and down right like a a little kid (laughs) he absolutely is and that's the the greatest competitor in NFL history, and he's still that excited about winning his what at that point fifth Super Bowl, right? Yeah, stuff like that, right? That's the stuff I remember about Tom
0: Brady. Just an amazing career. The NFL won't be the same without him. Yeah. Moving on to some interesting news that came out yesterday as we record this. Um, Brian Flores, former Miami Dolphins head coach has filed a lawsuit against the NFL, the Miami Dolphins, the New York Giants, and the Denver Broncos for racial discrimination in the hiring process of coaching. This this is something we've known has gone on for a long time.
1: It has gone on for a long time. And I know a lot of people are making a big deal about it because those texts came out about how, before even interviewed for the for the job with the Giants they'd already hired Dayball and then the Belichick texts come out thinking that he's texting Dayball like hey congratulations you got the job and it's actually Flores and he's like hey coach you know this is Flores basically right like and he's like oh yeah they gave Dayball the job basically and he didn't have a chance right it's just a lot of that weird stuff yeah but the serious issue about this is this the nfl is 73 percent black players yeah right there's three general managers and now one head coach tomlin in the nfl like you said even offensive coordinators are not are predominantly white right and the guy who's well respected who is by all accounts should be a head coach a guy like b doesn't have a head coaching job yeah. um there's like and then there's the point i heard is like why is it so hard even for even second t- like already experienced head coaches don't get the same kind of second, second chance if they're African Americans that white coaches do.
0: Yeah. You
1: see guys like an example I saw was like, hey, Dan Quinn was up for like four jobs this year. Yep. And he had a disastrous run when he was a head coach. Same when Josh McDaniels got hired, and he was awful. And then you see a guy like Todd Bowles ran the championship defense of the Bucks last year, and yeah. he has a harder time getting two interviews this year than he did than any of those other guys did right you don't start on an even playing field and that's the problem with the NFL that Flores has put himself on the line to fix right
0: yeah I think that the real thing is that you have to figure out in the NFL here is that tipping point of where are you going to find that sweet spot of nothing matters except for who is most qualified for the job I don't, I don't, the Rooney rule has been trash. It's never worked. It's been, you've seen the token interviews of, and that's what Flores's case against the Broncos is, is that he was just an interview to fill the need of the Rooney rule and to make sure that they met their quota. Right. I think, uh, yeah, and that's,
1: that's one of those things too, right, is by all accounts, Brian Flores regardless of what you think should be the favorite for most jobs. Yeah. And he hasn't been talked about being a favorite for any of them so far. You see a guy like D'Amico Ryan's too. people talk good about him, but he hasn't even got been the favorite for any of the jobs yet. Right. There's just a lot of inequality in the process. And like we were talking before, I don't know if you are a finalist and they truly think it's you and maybe another guy who may be white Like the best two candidates, if you do some sort of incentivization to help them choose the African American coach and give them a chance, like I don't know how you fix it, but like I said, something needs to be done. And I think a big part of the story, too, that was really gross was that the Dolphins GM was going to offer him a hundred thousand dollars for every game that he lost so he could try to get the number one pick in 2020, right?
0: Yeah, and it makes you really wonder if this is going on in other. Head offices around right. the league too, yeah. and it really brings up the question of: Is this the best way to do the draft? Is the lower your you are in the standings, the better a pick you get? Or if you should go to a lottery system like the NHL?
1: I know it's not the most popular choice, but I've been hearing a lot of things like, realistically, there's only like five or six really good owners, and there's a yeah. handful of decent ones, but there's a lot of really bad owners in the <sighs> NFL. And I said, maybe something needs to be done about better screening these owners because they are given so much authority.
0: Yeah. I don't know
1: what, what their priorities are. So I don't know how you do about it still. That's the problem, but something needs to be done. If, because we don't know if that's ever been done, if points have, if that's happened and nothing's come out because the coach just rolled over and went with it. Right. We don't know that.
0: Well, yeah, so the, the NFL owners really have all the power in this league. Nothing yeah. changes in the NFL without approval or a vote from the 32 owners. And I don't want to point fingers or anything, but this group of 32 owners is room full, to, full of old white guys. Yeah, 100%. And it's just, honestly, old white guys that I'm sure a lot, I won't say a lot, but I'm sure some have racist tendencies. Absolutely. So it's not the group you want running your company, and you can say, "Well, they don't run the NFL; they run their own organizations." Well, they all have a vote on the NFL board. They're they make the decisions for the league, so they might as well be the guys running the NFL.
1: They basically do run the NFL, yeah. right? And you see guys on that staff, like like Schneider, who runs like Washington now, like who's cool. completely corrupt right from the bottom, yeah, right from the top to the bottom, right? Just like something something has to change but like i said it's it's for better people than us to figure out how but yep, it's something
0: sure. stuff, right the booth will fix all the problems of the nfl that'll be a bonus episode this off season <laughs> <laughs> um the, another big story coming out today the washington football team will now be known as the washington commanders that makes me sad, dude. I kind of like know. the Washington football team. Honestly, I think that has been consensus around the league is Commanders is okay, but the Washington football team was cool. You kind of just got with it, right? As we, the season got in, more people were like, yeah, you know what? I can vibe with that. We all hated it. I know every single person when they announced, we're just going to be known as the Washington football team until we find a new name. We're like – That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Just pick a name. And now they're like, we picked a name. And everybody's like, no, be the football team.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, yeah, I mean, I don't have anything for or against the commanders. I don't know if it was the best one out of their options, but it's fine. Um, I don't know how I feel about those black jerseys and that weird black helmet still. But I like the burgundy
0: and the white, like the home and away. Those are nice jerseys. They're cool. I, I just love seeing when people are talking about the black helmet, if you haven't seen it. It's got the numbers on the side, which I guess kind of pays homage to the football team where that's what they had is instead of a logo was just their numbers on the helmet. Then they decided to put the logo on the front of the helmet, like where your, where your logo on a ball cap would be. It looks yeah, so it weird.
1: Like this obs- this obscenely weird W just sitting on top yeah. of their helmet for no reason. Right. I've,
0: I've seen a lot of people say because they hated the Browns pants of their previous uniforms and that had the name down the side. And a lot of people are just saying, this has real letters on the pants vibes to me. Yeah,
1: it really does. Just like a weird helmet. Like I don't even mind the black uniform itself, but just don't wear the helmet with it. Just keep the burgundy
0: helmet. You should have done. You should have done exactly what you had with the burgundy helmet, where it's that nice matte burgundy and just swap that out for a matte black. And then forget the W on the front, forget the W, just leave the W on the side or just put the numbers on the side if you want to, but don't put the W on your right on your, your, it's like, you. I don't even know. I don't even, I can't even think of who thought that was a good idea.
1: It's just, it's, it's
0: so weird. It's never been done like that in football and it looks so weird. It's so weird. Um, Yeah. Moving on to more coaching news. We have had since our last episode, I'm trying to remember who we all said for sure. I believe one, two, I believe two hirings so far. The first one was the Denver Broncos hiring uh, Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett as their head coach. And this one is real interesting because of who Nathaniel Hackett could be tied to over there in Green Bay in Aaron Rodgers. Like I said, I'm sure he's a good
1: coach. I don't doubt that they that they vented the and they liked him when they did the interview process. But yeah, like you say, you can see the big cheeky stein right on front. Aaron Rodgers come here, right? Like that's what this hiring is. Um hey like I said if it's if he's good coach then good. But this is, like I said, a billboard for Aaron Rodgers. Please stop in Denver. We need you, right? That's what
0: this coaching is. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm sure he will be a good head coach. He's made a few signings now to his staff, um, including uh, Clint Kubiak as his offensive coordinator, formerly of the Minnesota Vikings. Um, And I can't remember his name, but the tight end coach. Um or sorry, Clint Kubiak going be their quarterbacks coach and the tight ends coach from the Packers, can't remember his name, will be the offensive coordinator. Uh, the second head coach signing we had was the Raiders, which a lot of people expected to be Jim Harbaugh. They thought there's a lot of, there's a lot going on between these two this organization and and Harbaugh but they went a different route and decided to bring in Josh McDaniels as their head coach.
1: I think this one's the one I'm most interested in so far because a, how bad that debacle was in Denver the first time he was a head coach B because every single bill Belichick disciple, not named Brian or not named the uh, Mike Vrabel has had something really catastrophic happen to them in some way. So that coaching tree seems very suspect. Like. If everybody tries to be Bill and they can't, like, I don't know. And then the fact that Rich Pasaccio did such a good job and he had the blessing of star players like Crosby and Derek Carr wanted him to be head coach. And they decided just to not listen to him for that. I, like I said, I don't know if McDaniels Wheeler won't be a good coach. That's still yet to be seen, but it's interesting that they didn't go the way of Rich Passaccio when they could have kept it
0: in house and kept the players there happy. Right. I honestly thought that would be the move they did, but I mean, there's a lot wrong with that organization and it kind of shows like maybe they don't have the player's best interests in mind and they're not really willing to listen to them. Um, I know, I know. Basachi has already got interest, I believe for the Jags head coach opening. So um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him as a head coach in this league still. Great. And then the news, the speculation all week are the Vikings really going to sign Jim Harbaugh as their head coach? He's interviewing on Wednesday. Is this going to happen? Well, it's currently Wednesday as we record this, Wednesday night. And news just broke that Jim Harbaugh has informed the University of Michigan that he will be returning there as their head coach. And I'm a little bit heartbroken. Yeah, you've been lighting up the group chats all week like, hey, Jim
1: Harbaugh, get him to Minnesota. He's a Viking. We need him, right? But in the end, uh, it's not not meant to be, I guess.
0: No, it's not. So he'll go back to the University of Michigan, and I don't know, go lose in the playoffs again. Good He's probably going to lose Jim. to Ohio State. You know, let's be honest. Honestly, he should have left after he beat him once. You're not going to beat him again, Jim.
1: Like we we talked about this. Like I don't see why he wouldn't come back to the NFL now. He had his best chance with like a a, a number a top five draft pick on his team. The best chance he was going to have finally beat Ohio State, and then to get routed in the playoffs like that. Like, I don't know if you're going to do any better now that people can leave whenever they want and the SEC is still such a hot place to be, right?
0: That was the peak. That was the peak of the University of Michigan football team for the next 20 years. Making the playoffs and getting blown out by Georgia in a playoff game. (laughs) You beat Ohio State, you won the Big Big Ten, and, and you got blown out in a playoff game, and that's your peak. SEC is king, that's your peak. Um, Might as well come back to the NFL gym or you can go lose again. Bye. Uh, Vikings are now expected to hire uh, Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell as their next head coach. Uh, Nothing official there yet. They can't do any kind of deal until after the Super Bowl since O'Connell's season is still ongoing. But that looks to be the direction the Vikings are headed in. How do you feel about that? I like it. I really kind of wanted us to go defensive head coach. Even That's our problem.
1: Defensive coach already. Yeah. After Zimmer
0: still. So the thing was, yeah, was Zimmer. Zimmer got fired because our defense was bad. Right. So we needed somebody else in there to revamp that defense, which you feel should be a defensive head coach. But I mean, if you look what Zimmer's done in Minnesota, our offense is thriving after he was there. I think you really just got to bring in the right guy as a head coach. It doesn't matter if he's offense, doesn't matter if his defense, he's got to be a team guy and he's got to be able to build a good staff. He's got to be able to bring in a good defensive coordinator. That's going to build that good team. We've already brought in a new GM who's going to, build us that defense and build us those players and draft those players. So I feel confident in and okay in hiring O'Connell or a different um, offensive coach. I think O'Connell is our only remaining finalist. Who's an offensive side of the ball guy. Um, But yeah, maybe it is time to switch it up and go offense or maybe just a team guy, which I think if you talk team guy, I think, um, Raheem, why, why do I forget his name? More Raheem Moore would be he. When you see clips of Raheem Moore, he's on the sidelines with the players, just building and strengthening those relationships with them and just being a team first and, and fun guy, which I like. But I don't know, I like our finalists in Minnesota.
1: I said the only thing that worries me is like the same thing why a little bit why Zach Taylor initially worried me, which has turned out deep better than you thought. But like the thing is like a lot of those offensive guys on the staff of Sean McVay, ultimately that's Sean McVay's offense and Sean McVay calls the plays, right? Yeah. That's what the worry is about hiring an offensive guy from Sean McVay. But if you like what McVay does, you like his principles, you like how he runs his stuff, his, his coaches especially as offensive coordinators should know how it goes and they can bring that flavor. Right. So, I mean, yeah. there's pros and cons to it, but I said, hopefully it's all for the best and the uh, skull, skull Vikings uh, run high again.
0: Let's do it. Let's, let's do something. Honestly, I'm just, something, yeah. I'm just sick of being okay. Nope. <laughs> I think that brings us to the end of our news section of the podcast. And though we don't have a Super Bowl this week, we do have a game. We have the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl's fun. I like the Pro Bowl, honestly. I can't remember a year I didn't actually watch the Pro Bowl. I quite like it. I think I've watched, like, two Pro Bowls ever, to be honest. But <laughs> I don't think I've missed a Pro Bowl since, like, 2013. <laughs> like you love, you love to see the boys. I like the Pro age. Bowl. <laughs> um. But I guess the the real question with the Pro Bowl always is, is the fan vote the way to go with this thing? Or should we be having a more official way of choosing these players? Because you often end up with a lot of snubs. Yeah. So we're going to go through and kind of talk about the players who are in the positions they are in the Pro Bowl. If they deserve that spot or if maybe somebody else is better. Let's start with the AFC. We're
1: we're also also including still Bengals and Rams. If they were in the Pro Bowl, we are keeping them in. This is what the Pro Bowl roster probably should have looked like. Yeah.
0: Starting with the AFC, let's go to the quarterbacks. So you have on the team, you have Justin Herbert of the LA Chargers, Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs, and Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens. I don't like Lamar in this. I think that's the big one, right? That's why it's a a fan vote.
1: Lamar's playing some good football at the very start of the year, but then he got gross and had all those turnovers and he got hurt, right? You just can't keep him in when he hasn't played that many games. And he trailed off so far at the end of that last part, right? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple different trains of thought here, but what I had is I had Joe Burrow replacing
0: Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I think the, I think you have two guys that could be in this spot. Right. Maybe three if you include Josh Allen, and that would be Derek Carr, Joe Burrow, and Josh Allen. Right.
1: Which I'd be I'd be more okay with any of those guys, I considering think I, how Lamar's year ended. Yeah. Ultimately, right. But like I said, I picked Burrow because he's my guy. He's a transcendent player. He played his ass off at the tail end of the year, and he got us to the AFC title game. None of that's supposed to matter, but you have to consider that.
0: But yeah, exactly. Um, I think I would go Burrow as well. Um, Derek Carr had more yards by only about 200 yards. Joe Burrow didn't play in the last game of the season either, which probably would have been a 200 yard game. He also beat up Carr in touchdowns and had less interceptions. So I think Burrow's the way to go here too. Yeah. Moving on from the quarterbacks, we go to the running backs. You have Jonathan Taylor of the Indianapolis Colts, Nick Chubb of the Cleveland Browns, Joe Mixon of the Cincinnati Bengals and replacing Joe Mixon because he is in the Super Bowl is Najee Harris of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I had those ones the same. I don't mind those. I would make an argument, and he probably wouldn't have played in the game due to the injury. He did come in and play the playoff game. But could you make an argument here that Derek or Derrick Henry should have still been a pro bowler? You can make the argument, but I think it's the number of games that he missed. Yeah
1: even if he missed like the last four games, I would say probably he should have made it. Yeah. But when, when you end the year with, even though how impressive his 900 yards was or his 800 yards or whatever,
0: he still only did end with that. Yeah. Right? So that's, I think the argument is the same. The other way around is the fact that he only played eight games. Yeah. And finished ninth in the league in rushing yards with 937 and sixth in the lead in touchdowns with 10. Which is abs-
1: absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, so ju- if you, you just consider the games, I don't think you can put them in.
0: Yeah, I think you're right there. I just want to bring it up. And yep, that's I, I get that. <laughs> uh, wide receivers for the AFC you have Tyree Kill of the Kansas City Chiefs, Jamar Chase of the Cincinnati Bengals, Stephon Diggs of the Buffalo Bills. Keenan Allen of the LA chargers and replacing chase who is in the super bowl is Deontay Johnson, Deontay Johnson of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I said, I was okay with that. Truthfully. Yeah. hundred percent. The only one that I actually had was swapping LA chargers receivers um, and putting Mike Williams in instead of Keenan Allen statistics wise, he just had a better season.
1: I think that's just, popularity right
0: exactly was, Allen's
1: been around longer he's kind of the the flashier of the two I think that's why yeah. but I, get, I, I agree
0: with you Mike Williams could go there yeah moving on to the tight ends on the AFC team and I think this first I think both of these guys there's no argument the first one yeah. for sure Mark Andrews had a hell of a season with the Ravens yeah there's no argument that that guy should be in the Pro Bowl and Travis Kelsey of the Kansas City Chiefs
1: yeah, I said the only guy who maybe you could argue a bit is Darren Waller because he's great, yeah. but he didn't play all the games. And those two guys are elite tight ends, right? There's no way you should probably change those guys. Those, those guys are both primarily like almost – you could argue both those guys are the best pass catchers on their team. And yeah. those are good teams, right? Like those are elite
0: tight ends. Yeah. The fullback position for the AFC, we have Patrick Ricard of the Baltimore Ravens. No, no argument with that. I'm okay with that. No, he, he was the top-rated PFF
1: fullback this year, so. And that guy's like 300 pounds, and he runs like, like he's a legit
0: fullback. What a freak, eh? Right. Uh, what a freak. Um, moving on to the offensive line, you have uh, offensive tackle. You have Rashawn Slater of the Los Angeles Chargers, Orlando Brown of the Kansas City Chiefs, and Deion Dawkins of the Buffalo Bills. I was okay with those. The only thing I would argue there that you should maybe should have had honestly one or both of the Patriots tackles in um, yep. as Trent Brown and Isaiah Wynn both had great seasons. I could see, I could, see, I could
1: put, I could argue Trent Brown should be in there. I could see yeah. that for sure.
0: Yeah. And moving on to the guard position, you have Quentin Nelson of the Indianapolis Colts. You have Joel Batonio of the Cleveland Browns, Wyatt Teller of the Cleveland Browns, and replacing Nelson, who I believe is injured. Is that why I he's so, out? Yeah. Uh, is uh Roger Saffold of the Tennessee Titans.
1: I would probably argue Shaq Mason, the guard for the yes. for the Patriots, should probably be one of those guards, and for sure be the replacement
0: that Saffold is. But yeah. That, that was my argument as well. Yeah. I think that New England – we're just seeing that New England Patriots offensive line is not getting enough credit. No. You saw it.
1: why guys like Damian Harris are, like, top backs, right? That yeah. line is good. That line is good. Very good.
0: Uh, moving on to the center position, you have Corey Lindsley of the L.A. Chargers and Ryan Kelly of the Indianapolis Colts. Man, where I, – I had – over Ryan Kelly, probably. Where's Creed Humphreys? That's the big one is Creed Humphreys that unbelievable. guy
1: enough. That's like it's like the best center in the league almost as a rookie. Yep. Yeah. And you don't put him in. Oh.
0: Like, hey, NFL. Like, I know we're voting on this, but you could just say we're voting on this. Nobody yeah. knows. You can't say who's actually leading. We we wouldn't know. No, just we put the know. best guys in.
1: We wouldn't know a difference, right? Like so, that's the weird thing about them having like incentives in people's contracts to make the pro bowl. It's like, yeah. you just want them to be popular though. Like weird <laughs> thing. Like all pro I could get, if you're named yeah. all pro you get incentives because that's based on play, but like pro bowl voting, like, Hey, the fans think you're cool that you should get paid more.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah weird. Moving to the defensive side of the ball in the AFC, you have your defensive ends. You have miles Garrett, of the Cleveland Browns, Max Crosby of the Las Vegas Raiders and Trey Hendrickson of the Cincinnati Bengals. Said I'm
1: okay with those. If it's yeah. me and this is just me based solely on the fact of people love Max and Matt Crosby deserves to be there. He does. Yeah. But I would put Trey Hendrickson as a starter over him for the reason of he had five more sacks. He had as many force fumbles. Um, and he, I think Crosby had more overall pressures, but I think he only had like I think Trey Hendrickson was still a top guy as, as far as pressures and he resulted in a lot more sacks and big plays that cuz Crosby disrupted but he didn't finish the plays very often.
0: Where exactly. Trey Hendrickson
1: finished the plays. They both belong in the Pro Bowl and maybe there's a bias but I'd put Hendrickson as a starter.
0: I honestly might put instead of max crosby who yes does deserve to be there but of the raiders as well would be yannick and right Okay, uh, yep. had two more sacks than him had less tackles um but yeah well i don't know maybe not because crosby did beat him out in tackle for loss as well i think you can make an argument for both of those guys but i don't yep. i don't mind them putting crosby in over But shout out Yannick Ngakwe. Yeah, absolutely. I also just want to prove that I can say your name because you got a hard name and I can say it. Ngakwe, we got you. Ngakwe, we got you. Moving to the interior of that defensive line, you have DeForest Buckner of the Colts, Chris Jones of the Chiefs, Cam Hayward of the Steelers. And replacing uh, Chris Jones, who I believe is out with injury as well, was Jeffrey Simmons of the Tennessee Titans.
1: Uh, for me, I had Jeffrey Simmons instead of DeForest Buckner.
0: DeForest yeah, Buckner
1: is good, but he wasn't Jeffrey Simmons this
0: year. Yeah. that DeForest Buckner should be the sub-in for Chris Jones. Absolutely. I agree with that. Yeah. Because Jeffrey
1: Simmons is a grown man. If you didn't watch the playoff game, if you didn't watch the Titans all season, that guy – forces pressure up the gut for me hey you, you can argue with me but he's the second best tackle in football defensive tackle for me
0: yeah outside linebackers the undisputed pro bowler tj watt of the steelers joey bosa of the chargers matt judon of the patriots and replacing uh bosa will be harold landry of the titans so i'm okay with those yeah honestly i don't I'm think okay i those. had any arguments there? Inside slash middle linebackers is going to be Darius Leonard of the Colts and Denzel Perryman of the Raiders. Did you have Denzel Perryman get replaced in this? Um, I didn't have, I
1: didn't put a replacement, but I had a guy I wanted to put in. Because for me, I have Matt Milano. Oh, okay. Of the Bills, because that guy played great on the top-ranked defense kind of just all over the place tackles tackles for loss i think he had 3 or 4 sacks or something too great in coverage milano is an all-around gamer who's played on an all, uh, he played an all pro level this year and denzel perryman i don't know why he got in cuz he had a lot of yeah. tackles i guess but it doesn't seem right
0: yeah the only guy that i would put i had to maybe put in would be cj mosley who led the afc in tackles which, which you could, yep, you can make uh, added opinion. two sacks. The only, I think, a reason that maybe you could argue he shouldn't be in was he only had two TFLs, but that's a guy playing on a weaker team that still had a really good season. Leading, right. the, the and AFC I'd be okay fact. with
1: Mosley or Mulatto over yeah. Denzel Perryman, to be
0: honest. Yeah, probably. Uh, moving on to the cornerback position for the AFC, you have JC Jackson of the Patriots, Xavier Howard of the Dolphins, Denzel Ward of the Browns, and kenny moore
1: of the colts like i said i agree with those i think yeah. those are pretty good i'm going to show Cheeto bay Wouzier from the Bengals.
0: i don't think he should be in there over those guys we had a good mm-hmm. honestly i was looking at this and when you really look at stats for corners is it's hard because it there's the old adage that best cornerbacks have no stats right. they're not getting the ball thrown their way but J.C. Jackson and Xavier Howard had stats, and then it felt like every other corner in the AFC just kind of dropped off from the stat line. Right. But that's maybe a good thing. Maybe a good thing, though, yeah. Uh, moving to the safety position, free safety, you have Kevin Byard of the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. I, have, I don't think I have any arguments there. No. Nope. Strong safety, you have Derwin James of the Chargers and Tyron Matthew of the Chiefs. I didn't know which one to replace it with. So I picked Honey Badger.
1: I think Honey Badger is a little bit overblown because A, he plays for the Chiefs and A, he's such an important part for the Chiefs. But I think Jordan Poyer was an actual better player this year for, like I said, once again, the Bills top ranked defense. And the guy was just an elite, an elite fielder in the back end. made all the plays that the Bills needed him to make. I thought Jordan Poyer was an actual better player.
0: Yeah. I like it. Do you have any arguments with uh, Luke Rhodes of the Indianapolis Colts as the long snapper for this team? I mean, I like Clark Harris. He's the Bengals long <laughs> snapper, but I don't i don't have any affinity to argue it, no. <laughs> all right. Uh, what about A.J. Cole as the punter from the Raiders? Cool, man. You know, all the power to him. Good, good. I think this one is definitely undisputed. Justin Tucker from the Ravens as the kicker. Shout out to Evan McPherson,
1: but yes. he's not Justin
0: Tucker, right? But he's exactly. not Justin Tucker. Yeah. As a return specialist, you have Devin Duvernay of the Baltimore Ravens.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. Yep, and Matthew Slater of the Patriots as a special teamer. He's the he's an elite gunner, dude. That guy's a that, career oh, guy. That I can't believe a guy like he has made a career out of being a gunner, a he's, full he's, career. He's a damn good one too. <laughs> He deserves to be paid for being a (laughs) gunner. You bet he does. That wraps up the AFC. We'll move now to the NFC. And looking at the quarterback position here, you have Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers. You have Tom Brady of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Kyler Murray of the Arizona Cardinals. Kirk Cousins replacing Aaron Rodgers out with injury and Russell Wilson replacing Tom Brady out with injury.
1: So they know they couldn't put him as a replacement, but I might even say take out Kyler Murray and put in Matt Stafford. Honestly,
0: Matt Stafford definitely deserves an argument. I would make an argument for Dak Prescott as well. I yeah, know his season probably it really ended bad in that playoff game, but he had a hell of a season 37 touchdowns and 10 interceptions.
1: Yeah, like for sure. I just, yeah, yeah. I think they could have picked one of those guys to be a little bit more inspired choice than yeah. Kyler just because he's so exciting, right? And probably got a big section of
0: the fan vote. Yeah, exactly. Uh, moving on to the running back position, you have Dalvin Cook of the Minnesota Vikings, James Connor of the Arizona Cardinals, and Alvin Kamara of the New Orleans Saints. I saw some people
1: didn't like that Kamara was in there. Yeah. And I can understand that, but I'm okay with the picks,
0: honestly. Yeah. The only one that I could argue going in instead of one of those guys would maybe be Ezekiel Elliott. He had over 1,000 yards. He had 10 touchdowns too, which is a really I saw some people number. thought – I saw
1: some people – and I don't, I don't mind it. Is Fournette. Some people said yeah. maybe Fournette should go in instead of Kamara, which I could see. But, like I said, it's – I'm not too strong about it where I'll take a stance. Yeah.
0: Right? I, I just want to – I don't think he's uh, – I don't think he should have made the Pro Bowl, but just a shout out to Antonio Gibson of the Washington Commanders, um, who had over a thousand yards and seven touchdowns as well, ended second in the NFC in rushing only to Dalvin Cook. Yep, good good back. Yep. Uh, wide receivers: You have Cooper Cup of the LA Rams. You have Devonte Adams of the Packers. You have Justin Jefferson of the Minnesota Vikings. Debo Samuel of the 49ers. And replacing Adams out with injury is Mike Evans. I think even with the replacement or without the replacement, those are dead on. Those are what yeah. they should have been, right? I honestly. Would maybe argue Mike Evans should be in instead of somebody there. He didn't have the yards like those other guys, but he put up the touchdowns this year. Yeah. Tight ends, you have George Kittle of the 49ers and Kyle Pitts of the Falcons. Yep, yeah, makes sense to me. Definitely. Kyle Pitts had a weird year where he had over a thousand yards and one touchdown yeah one touch which is weird right? that felt but so weird to look at what a
1: thousand at. yards as a rookie though right yeah
0: at the fullback position you have Kyle Ushek of the San Francisco 49ers which is makes complete sense cuz they use him like an yeah. actual utility back not yeah. not even strictly as a fullback right i think if you're looking strictly at maybe a more of a fullback look i would say CJ Ham of the Vikings is a good pick there um, I mean, you if you want to Valley play like Cook. traditional fullback, yeah. but for the utility role that fullbacks kind of play some ways, right? Yeah, I'm not going to argue that CJ Ham should be there instead of use check but I just got to shout out CJ Ham. Yeah, CJ Ham may be the best name for a fullback in this league. Absolutely, and you know what I mean? He's so wide, he looks like a ham. You know what yeah. I mean? He just—he's he just a thick looks guy, like a ham. This guy's a ham, right? <laughs> Moving to the offensive line, you have Trent Williams of the 49ers, Tristan Wirfs of the Buccaneers, Tyron Smith of the Dallas Cowboys. Fun fact, all of these guys are getting replaced. None okay. of them are actually going to the Pro Bowl. <laughs> you have DJ Humphreys of the Cardinals replacing um, Smith. You have Brian O'Neill of the Vikings replacing Wirfs, and you have Dwayne Brown of the Seahawks replacing Williams.
1: I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Yeah,
0: The the three guys who are supposed to be there are the best tackles, I think, in the
1: league. Tyron Smith had a weird injury year, so it's kind of undecided if he's kind of washed yet, but he's been great for a long time, right? Yeah, So exactly.
0: Uh, On to the guard position, you have Zach Martin of the Cowboys, you have uh, Brandon Sheriff of the Washington football team, and you have Ali Marpet of the Buccaneers. Yeah, those sound right. Those sound right. Yeah. I think maybe you could make uh, an argument for Lakin Tomlinson of the 49ers. You could. But that that's the only
1: place I could really see an argument. You could make the argument, right? But I, I think the three guys in there deserve it.
0: Yeah. At the center position, you have Jason Kelsey of the Philadelphia Eagles and Ryan Jensen of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I didn't
1: see any that I would like. Any centers in the NFC that I no. can think of that they missed, so I'm okay with it. Yeah.
0: Moving on to the defensive side of the ball for the NFC, you have your defensive ends in Nick Bosa of the 49ers, Brian Burns of the Panthers, and Cam Jordan of the Saints. Yeah. These all felt right, yeah.
1: Yep.
0: Interior linemen, you had Aaron Donald of the Rams. Jonathan Allen of the Washington football team, Kenny Clark of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Replacing Clark is Javon Hargrave of the Philadelphia Eagles, and replacing Aaron Donald is Vita Vea. Even
1: even as far as the replacements go, I like it.
0: Yeah, really. I don't think, yeah, I don't think I had anybody else on this list. I actually said that maybe you could put Javon Hargrave in instead of Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark actually didn't have a great year. Um, I think he just got in popular fan vote because Packers fans. Yeah. Which I mean, that's fine. I could,
1: I'm okay either way. Right. Yeah.
0: Moving on to the outside linebacker position. You had Chandler Jones of the Arizona Cardinals. Robert Quinn of the Chicago Bears and Shaq Barrett of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. I mean, seems, seems, seems decent. I want to know what you think about this one as a wild card kind of put in there. Vaughn Miller.
1: It's tough. Cause you do you're, you can't include playoffs when you think about it, right? No. Is it, you
0: if can't. you did,
1: I would, I could, I could buy it, but you're
0: not supposed to include yeah. it. Yeah. Right? The only reason I put him in, because he only had nine and a half sacks, which isn't a lot. Um, He had 50 tackles, which is pretty good. And 19 TFLs, which was fourth in the league and third in the NFC.
1: I mean, how many of those were still with with the Broncos, though? Probably not a lot
0: of them, but some of them were, right? Yeah, exactly. Moving on to the inside linebackers, you have Micah Parsons of the Cowboys. Bobby Wagner of the Seahawks and replacing Wagner will be Devin white of the Buccaneers.
1: Uh, I don't like the disrespect people put on Roquan Smith, the middle right? linebacker. That's player. what I had too. I just like, I, I think this year it's weird to be like, Hey, you should probably be in there instead of Bobby Wagner. Cause Bobby Wagner is such an elite middle linebacker. But when you actually look at the stats Roquan had the same amount of tackles, more TFLs, I think he had an extra pick or something, an extra couple picks or something too, right? Just like, Roquan mm-hmm. Smith is a good linebacker. And he's been good for like the three years he's been in the league. Like, I, I, he gets he gets snoozed on and he shouldn't.
0: That's the thing too, is he's only been in the league three years. I always think if I had to kind of pick a middle linebacker to build my defense around, I would pick Roquan Smith because he's so young too. Me too, yep. Moving to the cornerback position, you have Trayvon Diggs of the Cowboys, Jalen Ramsey of the Rams, Darius Slay of the Eagles, and Marshawn Lattimore of the Saints. I'm not sure if it should be Slay or it should be Lattimore, but A.J. Terrell should probably be in there instead of one post. Yeah,
1: I like that pick, too. Because A.J. Terrell, even though he only plays for the Falcons, he's probably the best player on the Falcons' defense, and he is a great cornerback.
0: Yeah. At the free safety position, you have Quandre Diggs of the Seahawks, who is being replaced by Antoine Winfield of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It probably should have just been Winfield to start with, but I also had Xavier McKinney of the Giants down here. Could have been. Yep, absolutely. I thought both of those guys were better than Quandre Diggs, but hey, that's okay. That's all right, though. Strong safety. You have Buda Baker of the Cardinals and Harrison Smith of the Vikings. Said I don't know if jeremy chin if he plays stronger if
1: he plays free so it might be a void but he's a good mm-hmm. safety um drill peppers i don't know if he's better than harrison smith but he's pretty good and then one of those chiefs or one of those packers safeties other amos or or i don't know like one of those 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 uh packers safeties, is pretty good too yeah i don't know who i'd replace for who but i could see argument of having harrison smith get the boot
0: Honestly, I was shocked that Harrison Smith made the Pro Bowl when I saw he did. Because yeah. I kind of thought if there was a guy who had an off year on our team, it was Harrison Smith. Right. Um moving on to the special teams. You have long snapper Josh Harris. Any argument there? No, I'm sorry. Right. You have punter Brian Anger. Any argument there? No, I'm good. I have one. Okay. Michael Dixon. Of the Seahawks. That dude's a freak.
1: I don't really pay pay attention that much to the punter, so I'll I'll trust your judgment on that. Yeah,
0: so let me pull up the stats quick. Brian Anger had an average of 48.4. Very good. Michael Dixon had an average of 46.9. Not that far behind. Here's the big spot. Brian Anger had 24 punts within the 20. Pretty good. Michael Dixon had 40 punts within the 20.
1: Oh, yeah. That's a that's a significant stat right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Not even close to any anyone else in the league. Oh, sorry, Houston punter is, but
1: that's I think that's when you look at anger starts with A. He's at the top of the bracket. Exactly. And and then you look all oh, you probably just scroll through the average a bit and you're like, oh, he's pretty high up. I'll just pick him, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that 40 inside the 20 is an insane Yeah, that is stat, an insane
1: though. stat. I said, I don't follow that, but yeah, you're definitely right. If that dude's kicking them inside like that, get in there, Michael Dixon.
0: Yeah. Uh, at the kicker position, you have Matt Gay of the LA Rams. Yeah. All right. Yeah. He had a, a 94.1% mm-hmm. average, four or five from 50 plus. He had a good season. As a return specialist specialist, you have Jakeem Grant of the Chicago Bears. Yep, seems good. Yep. yep. And JT Gray of the New Orleans Saints, who I believe led the league in special teams tackles. Well, if that's the case, then I'm on board with it. Yep. And that wraps up your Pro Bowl rosters. We went through the guys who were in there. We went through the guys who've been snubbed and snubbed. I think they need to fix the Pro Bowl. Something needs to happen. The fan vote's fun, but it's fun until the rosters are actually released. I think,
1: yeah, I think that's just pretend we have a say in it. Just pretend it's okay. Exactly. Put the best players in that game. As put the best players, if they have incentives for whatever ridiculous reason, let the actual best players get those incentives. Whatever,
0: right? Just, yeah, whatever. Any closing thoughts before we wrap up this episode?
1: It's tough because I just want to talk about the Super Bowl matchup. Yeah, right. That's for a different day. Um, A lot of coaching news, a lot of crazy playoff football. Brady retired. It's been a heck of a week, honestly. It's been a crazy week. Yeah, it's been a really intense week. Um, and I'm sure it's just going to get a bit crazier now with it being Super Bowl week. And then right after Super Bowl week, after the Bengals win the Super Bowl, uh, it's going to be headstrong right into free agency in the draft you know what i mean it's never a dull moment i guess
0: nope uh stay tuned to the booth socials we'll have content coming out all of super bowl week so stay tuned for that we're excited it's super bowl davey's in the super bowl what can you say who day who day is what you can say as always like share subscribe it all helps whatever you can do to get the podcast out there we really appreciate it follow us on instagram and twitter at the booth ec buy your merch you can see uh, nobody can see but i've got some beautiful hats sitting here lots of new merch Mm -hmm. get your canada hats just in time for the olympics to kick off this week Mm -hmm. very exciting there too as always I've been Rich, he's been Dave, this has been the Booth Podcast, and we will see you next time to preview the Super Bowl.